0: You are listening to the Four Fit Fatherhood Podcast, and we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula: faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are, gentlemen. It's time to get fit. And and, and and now, let's get into the show. Get into the show. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to another edition of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast, where we uh, typically sit down with, with dope dads and discuss uh, their life, their business, uh, fatherhood, and all the things that are going on with them. This particular episode is a solo episode where I'm actually trying a few things out. So, uh, sound is going to be a little different. I'm trying something different there. Lighting is obviously different. It's like a background blur thing. Like, watch my hands. Just going blur. Um, and then lighting too, right? So underneath my, we just moved into a new house. And underneath the stairs, there's like this storage room. I'm like, dang, that might be a dope podcast studio. Like, I might have to put something together where I can get in that studio and and, and do something dope. So. Um, that is what this is and got to work on the acoustics. There's like an echo. Um, I think you might've just heard the alarm talk. Like there's some things to work on, some things to work through, but, um, just wanted to kind of get something out there so I could put it into production and see what it sounds like, see what it looks like, see what adjustments I need to make. Right. Um, so that is why this looks like this sounds like this. Okay. Um, all right. So just jumping into it. So. As I mentioned, we just moved to a new house. Um, And as you may or may not know, for those of you who have moved before, right, I feel like I've been moving for the last two months, (laughs) packing up one house, moving into another house, packing up this house, selling stuff, buying stuff, getting new stuff, Black Friday sales and all this, right? All the while, right, running a business, all the while trying to be father of the year, all the while trying to be husband of the year, um, it can be really, really draining. Like I'm I'm super, super tired. Uh, I feel like I've been running a marathon and I can't wait until I get to some point where it like flat lines a little bit uh, so I can relax and get my, my mind, body right. But as a father, as a busy dad, you guys know how this goes, right? Um, they need you, they depend on you, they lean on you. And so you gotta stand tall, be strong, right? When I say that though, um, that is the perception, right? That is the, the, the idea, that's what we hear, you gotta be strong. Um, and we, we do that almost to a fault, right? Almost to a fault as fathers and as men, we, we don't tell people when we're, we're hurting, we don't tell people when we're, we're exhausted, we don't tell people when we're afraid uh, because it may taint that image of us being super dad or being uh, you know, the father of the year or being the one that is, you know, leading us to the promised land or whatever, right? So it's interesting um, for me because I've gotten to a point now where I'm I'm like, me and my wife have been together for 20, 23 years maybe, Uh, married for 12 or 13, married for 13. And I'm at a point now in this relationship where, look, I just, hey, this is what it is. I'm tired you're like, yo, let's be, we're 100% honest and upfront and clear about who we are, what we are, how we feel. And I think that's a very freeing thing, right? I don't know where you are in your relationship and your your partner, but I think being 100% authentically you is super, super important because it doesn't leave room for like these false expectations of what you are, right? Like you can be Superman to your family, right? Your kids see you as a hero. Um, your wife sees you as a hero, but even Superman had a weakness, right? Like even Superman had a weakness. It, it, Superman Being Superman was so difficult that Superman was would rather be a nerd reporter in his off time, right? When he's not saving the world. Imagine if you were saving the world you had the ability. You were as fast as speeding bullet. You could fly. You had laser eyes. You were super strong. And when you didn't have to save the world, you had to fake like you didn't have any of that because it was too much, right? Like, if you were the fastest dude in the world, you'd be racing people all the time, right? Like, I, I would. Like, yo, just line it up. But this dude was like, hey, Nah, I'm a chill. Like yo, the pressure of being this is too much, right? So even for him being a superhuman, right? He had to take time off and take time away. And so for you guys and for me, it's it's important that we embrace that as Superman, right? The Superman of our household, we also have weaknesses. We also need to, to put on our, our glasses and be Clark Kent for a little while, right? And step out of that role as a superhero, right? And not like running away from your responsibility. That's never the thing, right? You're always going to be responsible for your wife and your family and your kids and whatever. But what I mean is, is them understanding who you are, right? Vulnerability is an important attribute of a leader, right? Because it it, it endears people to you. They believe that you as a leader care enough to be vulnerable with them, right? I'm not saying be weak, right? But I'm not saying, I'm, I'm saying like, you have to show them that you are human too. You have emotion too. That's something that, um, you know, when me and my wife first got together, we were in high school and she used to say that I didn't have any emotion. And even to this day, like I'm just, that's just my personality. I'm not super emotional like that. I'm more now, uh, you know, once I had kids, it seemed like, you know, a, a Disney movie will make your boy you know, tear up or something. But prior to that i was like emotionless right because of my past experiences and things that have gone on in my life i've experienced enough like drama and sadness where i'm like yo i i made it i didn't die whatever happened happened okay i'm good cool i can keep moving so um you know she used to say you don't have any emotion like you're nonchalant about everything and that you know kind of became a problem in our relationship for a while because you know she she's a woman. Women are emotional. They want you to show some emotion. And I was like, a stone, you know? Um, so it's something I had to overcome. I had to go and talk to somebody. I had to go and work through my own issues. And that's something I think a lot of us need to work on too. Is I talked to um uh who was that, that I talked to? Talked to somebody on one of the, the last episodes of the podcast, one of the last interviews uh, uh the, the podcast and we're talking about therapy and talking about going to see someone to talk about your past experiences. And I think that's a really like overlooked uh, thing. Like we really do have trauma that we have to work through. And I think because the world tells us we have to be so strong, we don't go and get the help that we need and we end up uh, suffering in our relationships with our, with our significant other and with our children. If your goal, right, and I assume if you're listening to a podcast about fatherhood, your goal is to be the best possible father you can be, the first thing you have to do is be the best person you can be, right? If you can't be the best person you can be, then you definitely can't be the best father. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you connect with your children. If you aren't good, then they aren't good. You know what I mean? So it's important to to address that, to, you know, understand where you are. And what's going on in your life, and I, you know, and bringing that bringing that full circle. Um, <laughs> I talk with my kids and my, my daughters. They share our like sometimes. Like my oldest daughter is like, she don't want you to know she's hurt. She'll watch a movie and cry like boom, right? Anything happened in a movie that's sad, she's bawling. But like if she trips and falls and hurts herself. She's like, <laughs> She's super tough, right? Nobody's crying. I'm not crying. I ain't hurt. You can't hurt me. Uh, she'll hide. Like, when she's upset, she'll swallow it and try, like, not to act like she's upset. You say something to make her sad. She'll, she's tough, right? <laughs> and she gives that for me. My youngest daughter, though, is, is tough, like, normally. She's she ready to fight you. She'll wrestle. She gets angry. But she's super emotional. Right, you hurt her feelings, and she's tears. Uh, she trips and falls, tears. Right, like she's 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 an emotional roller coaster, and she's more like my wife in that regard. Right, and so when I when when you know you feel like you are doing what you, for me, right? I'm an emotionless like, and without me trying, my daughter picks that up, and she's acting that way. But what I want for her, because I've done the work, I know that she needs to be able to connect with her emotions and how she feels so that she can advocate for herself, right? So she's not just taking stuff from people and going, oh, well, you know, it could be worse. Um, she's advocating for herself in a situation where she needs better from someone or she needs more from someone or she's not getting treated fairly. Um, and so when you're, when you are you know, doing these things for you, you have to understand how they You know, matriculate like how they how they work down to the next level to your children. So, um, dang, you know what? As I'm sitting here, um, I was just thinking, thinking back, like, and I don't, you know, obviously, everybody that's listening comes from different different areas and different backgrounds, Um, but we we have in my lifetime uh like I I was I was we bought this like I said we bought a new house and I'm looking back uh just at my past I don't know why it happened but like I just randomly google searched like my my old house and uh I remember like all these memories came like rushing back from the old house um just the size of it and like you know how we used to live and how we were on top of each other in the crib and all that, and it just gave me an, an appreciation for, for how much progress you made. But then I heard something on Instagram and it was like, you know, uh, hard times make strong men, strong men make easy times, easy times make weak men, weak men make hard times, that thing, right? And so I'm like, dang, I grew up during hard times. It made me tough. So I create easy times. Now I'm creating easy times for my kids, and I'm wondering to myself, like, what is that? What is that going to do to them? Is that going to make them weak? And so I, I'm taking, I'm taking that thought process and, like, okay, now what do I need to do, knowing that, right? Knowing that that's a possibility. How do I get them, um, you know, the strength that I think they need going forward, but also the comfort that I want them to have because I didn't have. You know what I mean? We always do that thing is like we want them to have better than I had, right? Like I, you know, your grandma didn't go to uh, to college, so your parents wanted to go to college, and you, your your mom got a, an AA degree, and now you're you like you gotta you gotta get bachelor's, you gotta bachelor's, you know what I mean? Like that that thing, or you know what I mean? You'll be the first person to graduate in your family. You set the bar now. Everybody after you has to graduate. say, you know what I mean? All these things, right? And I realized, like, and I used to think about this too, like you know, my kids live in the suburbs, and God willing, you know, I'm always in a position to them, for them never have to live in the hood like I have live in the hood, um, but then there's some things that, like, street smarts-wise that I just want them to know or understand or learn. I'm always like, man, I'm gonna drop them off at their cousin's house for the summer, or, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop them off on the weekends at, you know, one of my family members' houses and let them learn, right? <laughs> as As crazy as that sounds, but, like, there are certain things that you just can't learn and understand when you are from a position of privilege when you have nice things it's hard to understand uh work ethic in that way right it's different it's hard to understand working with your hands when you have things given to you and so that is my challenge right now and i don't know if you know I'm, I'm finding my way i'm doing my research but if one of you guys has something man, please feel free to share on how you're doing it right if you are on you know a step above where you were as a child and you're providing for your children in a way you weren't able to receive how are you also instilling in them a certain level of toughness and understanding and like work ethic and grind so my kids you know and not that they don't not that they don't work hard or they don't have you know but I just th- I just feel like you know that generationally like working with young athletes and working in the in the middle schools and, and high schools you know I get to see kids, uh, now and I just, I, you know, I feel like that old get off my lawn old man, but I'm like, this, these generation, the kids is different, man. They are just not the same. They're weak as wet uh, toilet tissue. Um, they're just soft, man. They're so different. And I, I hear myself saying that, and I'm like, I know people were saying that about us. And so, how do we change that, right? Obviously, as a father, I can only affect immediately who's in my household. But then in the work that I do and, and working with fathers and working in the schools and working with athletes, I have an opportunity to like, you know, put my hands on that's probably the wrong word. Like kind of in, in inject uh into these different kids' lives, these different lessons and learning. But I'm curious is like what is everybody else doing? Like what are you guys doing? Like what are you doing uh you know to instill in your kids a certain level of work ethic? Because I I talked to Charles be on the episode, and this was, like, a, a, I posted this, and people, like, loved it, right? He was, like, I don't ever want my son to have to work for another man. I don't want my son to have to work for anybody. I don't want my son to have to work a job. And I love it, right, because I don't want my kids to have to work a job either. But I do, right, I do want them to create, and I do want them to build, and I do want them to work for themselves. So it's not like I don't want them to work. I don't want them to have to work for somebody else for less than what they're worth. I want them to create their level of worth and then continue to push that level of worth up. And I just think, you know, I don't, I'm not there yet. So I don't know what that means um, yet, right? And as I, as they get older, obviously I'll be figuring it out. But for some of you guys who are OGs, who have older kids who have experiences, man, I'd be really interested to hear what you guys have to say on how to do that. what else, man, there was like something else that I wanted to, to get out. And I typically don't shoot the I typically don't record until Friday. So I have a whole week of like notes and things that I go through, but I wanted to, I had some time to test this room out. And so I was like, man, let me hop in here real quick before my schedule changes and something comes up. So I'm in here without my notes. I don't have anything. I'm just, you know, I'm not even shooting this on the computer like I normally do. I'm you know, shooting it on my phone. Uh, <laughs> so uh I'm just kind of freestyling, right? I'm just kind of giving you guys what's coming off the top of my head. And um, you know what? Here's another thing. All right. So I'm working in uh, middle school a lot lately. And um, I-, I get the sense, first of all, I'm in a, um, it's not a, like a, uh, it's not in the hood at all but it, of the schools in the neighborhood, of, of the schools in this district, it is one of the lower performing schools. There are a lot, the first all, there's a lot of fatherlessness, right? Like kids are like, you know, I had a girl tell me today, she never even met her dad. She didn't even know what his last name is, right? She knows his name is like whatever. She knows his first name because she's heard people say it before. She didn't even know what his last name is, never met his family, just knew what her mom and her stepdad And salute to stepdads, yo. That's a dope thing. Like you, you can step in and raise somebody else's kid like it's yours. Shout out to you. Um, But I see the effect not having a father on these kids is at this age where they're like, in this like that first kind of identity crisis. Kids are going through puberty, eighth grade, about to go into high school. Uh, They're getting closer to being an adult, and with no real male role model other than like somebody on social media or TV, they're um, yeah, struggling, dog. I mean, it's It's a definite need and necessity to have male role models in the schools. Um, I, and I think it may be just because of where I live. There is, I'm the only black male on campus. Um, the high school that's in the district, there's only one, well not two, two black males on campus. Uh, one of them is the first, or both of them are the first, first male principal, black male principal in the history of the school, first black male teacher in the, of the school. It's crazy. Um, then we definitely have to not only get involved in our own families, we have to try to figure out a way to get involved in our communities. And that's my next task, is figuring out how to I'm, I'm gonna create something I don't know what it is yet. I'm just saying it to you guys because if I say it, I got to do it. Uh, Create something to get more Black men involved in the community, right? And not just with Black people, right? Not like Black men involved with Black boys and girls, right? That's dope. And that'll be a part of it. But like in this school, Black people are the minority, but there isn't even any positive black representation other than me right so what they see is rappers athletes and we know what you know and and no disrespect there's a lot of rappers who are who are you know doing a good job of not a lot but there's (laughs) some rappers doing a good job of creating a positive image of a black man um in society but a lot of it is, you know, twerking and guns and drugs, and it always has been. And I understand you got to do what you got to do to make a dollar and get out. And then maybe you reach back and, and all that. I get it. But like that is not the positive. They're not seeing that. Right? Like they don't see that part. Uh they just know about the guns and the drugs, right? They know about the mollies and, and popping bills and they know about uh you know all the tick tock dances and all that stuff but they don't know you know like nobody knew right rest in peace young Dolph but nobody knew he was buying houses like that in, in Memphis you hear Dolph talk all the time or you did about like you know financial literacy and all this stuff right after right after he gets on but that those aren't the interviews that are being shown until after he's gone right because the media And I sound not the media, but like guns, drugs, sex, cells, right? Look at the movies we watch, guns, drugs, sex, uh, B.M.F. guns, drugs, sex. Like those are the popular things, right? That we watch that they see. And so that's what they get from us, right? So we have to not only infect our own community, the black community. We also have to take that positive image and spread it to everyone else so that they see that's us too, right? Because the more that they see that's us, right? The faster things start to change for us, right? Obviously we need to do the work, the deep work on us. And this is what the same thing I was talking about with, with your, your emotions and your kids or your like how you are and your kids. When you do the deep work on you, right? That's the deep work in the black community, right? We're gonna build a black community because we want it to be strong, right? But but the reason we're doing that too, and like along, long, it's not, not the reason, Along with doing that too, we want to build the image of the Black community outside of the Black community, right? Because we're the minority. At 14%, if all we do is build up us, which is super dope, we're going to automatically affect the changes outside of us, right? We drive the culture in general, like we we set the trends. And so if we start to show ourselves as positive role models, we start putting ourselves into these these schools, Uh, we start putting ourselves into these government positions, into uh, these city offices and all these different things. And we start showing our face there, right? Even though it's harder, I know it's a struggle, I get it, it's harder to get in, um, but we have to start striving for that and trying to be in those positions because it gives us an opportunity to change the perception, right? Once the perception is changed, then we can start to move a little different, right? And so, I don't know, it's something I'm working on. Again, I put it out there just because I need you all to hold me accountable, hold my feet to the fire. I'm putting together something for uh, Black men in the Black community, but also Black men reaching out and growing in these different communities um, because the positive reflection of Black people is necessary uh, because for the youth today, not just black, white, Mexican, Asian, you know, whatever your nationality is, what they see, if they don't have black people in their neighborhood, what they see is Playboy Cardi, why if in this NBA that and little this and little, you know what I mean? Those are their representations of trippies, this, and you know, those are representations of who black men are or basketball players or football players. don't really get an opportunity to talk much about anything right they're usually bridled with the exception of uh, somebody like LeBron you have to be at the top of your game to talk about anything other than what happened in the fourth quarter uh or or you know what was your your prediction for the next game um so uh that's something you know that I'm going to strive for hopefully uh, you know you guys can like like Tupac said hopefully I can be the spark I may not be the one to change the world, but I could maybe spark the mind of someone to change the world. And that's all it is, man. It's just being a spark. So um with that being said, I'm gonna hop off, man. There's just a couple things, uh, just you know, housekeeping things. Podcast will be back on regular, but again, like I said, we were moving. I feel like I'm moving forever, so I missed a couple weeks, but we are gonna be back on and active every Friday, Fatherhood Friday, right? You get your forfeit fatherhood podcast. We're gonna talk about faith, fitness, finance, family. Um, you know, those things are super important to me. Those are the four pillars of fatherhood. And, uh, hopefully they're super important to you, man. Thank you again for joining me. Sh- super short episode. Again, just like a brain dump. Um, hopefully you grab something from it. Um, you know, remember hurt people, hurt people. So go out there and get your healing. Um, there's, there's somebody that I hope to be getting on the podcast soon. Uh, Dr. Joe Johnson has a heal now masterclass on December 4th um where it's just you know it's just working talking about healing man and I think it, I haven't done it yet but I'm gonna try to make some time to get in there and listen to what Dr. Joe was talking about he uh I played college football with him um super dope dude and, and uh was excited to set that up at some point so I'm putting it out there Joe uh and matter of fact I'm gonna tag you with this so I'm gonna post it and then I'm gonna let people push you to it <laughs> um but yeah heal now master class man i think like i said hurt people hurt people so get healing uh so that you can be the best version of yourself for yourself and your family all right that's it man forfeit fatherhood faith fitness finance family let's go What's going on, guys? I look. I know the podcast is just starting to get good to you, but but I just wanted to let you know that the um, the ebook, the ebook, seven steps to being healthy and fit, it's free, completely free. So uh, if you are are not already following me on Instagram, go ahead and follow me at you can call me Coach, and you click the link in the bio, uh, and you can go ahead and grab that ebook right now. If you're not able to do that right now, I'm gonna go ahead and put it down in the show notes somewhere. You can find that link. Go ahead and grab your copy of the book. Uh, If you don't like to read, you can also look on my YouTube page. I actually went through each step and detailed it and actually gave a ton more information uh, that's actually in the book. So, again, go ahead and grab your copy, your free copy of Seven Steps to Being Healthy and Fit. And let's get back to the podcast. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach on Instagram. Also, follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on You Can Call Me Coach. Uh, go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it.